Hey everyone, welcome to the Automate Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Bottrell, site reliability engineer and software developer. On this show, we talk about breaking into IT, take deep dives into the latest tech, discuss certification tips, and chat with industry professionals about different career paths. Feel free to follow me on Twitter for updates, at Jordan Bottrell, and keep up to date with our blog at automateeverything.dev for more tech content. Let's get right into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is episode two of the Automate Everything podcast. It's the 1st of July, 2022 at the time of recording this. So happy 4th of July to my American friends out there. And if you're living somewhere else, happy long weekend. And if your company doesn't take the day off, then welcome back to Automate Everything, I guess. Uh, This is the show where we discuss the latest and greatest in the technology space, as well as building your tech career. I don't have any guests lined up for today, but I do have a topic that's really near and dear to my heart because it's something that I've really struggled with when I was first trying to break into technology, and that is choosing your first programming language. I can't even begin to quantify how many times I've talked to someone who wants so badly to break into technology, specifically software development, and that's really going to be the focus of of this episode, and they just have no idea where to start. Or uh, what ends up happening more often than not, uh, they say, oh, I'm going to start learning Python because Python is kind of a trendy language right now and and for good reason. And we'll talk a little bit later uh, about the details of Python and whether or not that's the real right place to begin. Uh, then they start by going to uh, W3Schools or Code Academy or YouTube and start immediately jumping into a tutorial on how to, uh, let's say, implement mis- machine learning in Python, You know, just hoping that they'll pick up the fundamentals along the way. Uh, but then two weeks goes by and they may or may not be making making good progress. And I'll be the first one to admit that it's uh, really difficult to hold yourself accountable to self-study. Uh, but then they see something on Reddit that says, Python is dead. You should be learning Go. And then our subject goes to YouTube or W3School or Code Academy and searches Go tutorial. And then they repeat the process until they think, huh. Well, I want to develop video games. So they look up best programming language to learn video game development and see that the answer is C sharp. And so they do the same thing and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat until a month goes by and then they just quit. And as much as I hate to say it, when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, this was literally me. And honestly, in some ways, this is still me. And I'll look up the best technologies for a personal project uh, recently, this was weather modeling, and uh, I'll see, oh, Fortran is the best choice. So I pick it up and start learning the basics, and then I go, wow, this is uh, an old language, or uh, this is really difficult. So then I look up the best modern programming language for weather modeling and see, oh, Julia is kind of the new Fortran. So I do the same thing until the fire or passion or whatever it was that inspired me at first to learn these new technologies kind of slowly dwindles and then I quit. And this is what we call tutorial hell. And it's an unfortunate artifact of the information overload that aspiring developers have to deal with, especially considering all the unknowns out there for someone with limited exposure to what professional software development looks like. And the easiest solution is just to enroll in a university curriculum or a boot camp where someone else can tell you how and why and what to learn. Uh, But in this episode, I'm going into it with the assumption that the university computer science uh, option just isn't really an option for you. 
whether that's because you are already enrolled in a different program, you know, let's say business, and you just want to pick up programming for a project or a hobby, or let's say that it's just not economically viable uh, for your circumstance, and I completely understand that. And unfortunately, that's the reality for a lot of people out there. Uh, but honestly, and I, I truly believe this, there are so many quality free resources out there that if you can stick to a program and have the discipline to code every day, the opportunities will come. So let's talk about my experiences learning programming, you know, and what I've learned during that process and what I would do differently knowing what I know now. So as for some background, I'm a site reliability engineer, which is kind of, for lack of a better way of explaining, a combination of software development and DevOps. So I'm doing everything from writing full-fledged self-service platforms to really quick uh, ad hoc scripts to automate a business workflow. Uh, you know, and so that means that I need to be able to be flexible and choose the right tool for the application that I'm working on. And sometimes this might be a, a .NET application in C-sharp, which is more of an enterprise tool. Uh, sometimes this might be a PowerShell script, which is more of a scripting language, uh, which is kind of a quick and dirty solution for automating something. Um, you know, and no one ever taught me PowerShell, and no one ever taught me C-sharp or .NET. You know, so keep that in mind, and I, I promise that we'll come back to that point here in a second. So I went to college, uh, and initially I was enrolled in a pre-admission program for the School of Information. Uh, that's more information analysis, kind of light, data science-y type applications, a lot more analytical than technical, uh, but with the intent of kind of taking it to a more technical place because I knew that that's what I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to do or wanted to end up. So I enrolled in Electrical Engineering and Computer Science 183, uh, kind of the introductory computer science course in my university. And this is where I learned what programming was and what types of tools I would need to learn. I worked on group projects where I uh, used collaborative tools and skills like Git and GitHub. I learned what the development environment looks like and then kind of programming basics like uh, loops and conditional logic and functions and classes. And uh, honestly, that's kind of where the class ended. But uh, overall, it was six projects. We had weekly assignments and lectures and lab sections. And all of the assignments kind of naturally uh, built on one another. Uh, and the class uh, structure altogether is kind of cumulative, right? So at the end of the class, you're still working on the uh, the basics from the beginning of the class. You're just kind of working on more ex more specific implementations, more advanced implementations. You know, so that's where we're getting the same content repeated and repeated and repeated. Um, and oh, that, the language that I learned was C plus uh, plus. So there was a really quick se segment at the end uh, on Python, but at that point I was kind of overloaded with. Uh, just kind of the college transition in general, and I don't really remember that part of the class too well. So the next semester, I took one of my information classes, which was entirely in Python. And I'm not kidding you, I got over 100% in that class with extra credit. And I'm not saying that just to brag or to say that, oh, I'm such a good programmer, because in that first course, I got a C+. Actually, now that I think about it, it's kind of ironic that I got a C plus in a class that was all about C++. Uh, but anyways, uh, what I'm trying to say is that once you learn the fundamentals of a programming language, the ideas and the principles never change. 
You know, so later on when I wanted to learn Swift for iOS development, uh, sure, there were a lot of new things to learn. You know, it's a new environment and you're interacting with the language in a new way. Uh, but I picked it up in probably 10% of the time that it took me to pick up that first language. You know, and then when I wanted to learn .NET development, because I was working in the Microsoft stack, I picked it up in maybe 5% of the time because I already knew, you know, what variables were and classes and arrays and interfaces, you know, the fun stuff that is the basis of all modern programming languages. So the special sauce, you know, the real nitty gritty technical stuff never changes. It's just the way that the syntax looks on the screen. So after my first two semesters, I knew that's really where I wanted to take my career, and I applied to actually teach that first course as a TA, uh, and then I got an even greater understanding of the fundamentals, and I can confidently say that that has really made all the difference in how I navigate my development environment and how quickly I can try and fail and try again at finding different solutions to different problems. Uh, but really, what are my key takeaways here? You know, what would I do differently in my approach and what should you do when deciding on what direction you want to head and, uh, you know, what you want to do when you're learning your first programming language? I would say first, you know, pick a tutorial and uh, really stick with it. You know, we'll talk in a second about how to pick the right program, but the important thing is that you don't only start a tutorial and make it to the third section. You know, you'll never succeed like that. Uh, you want to see the entirety of a program to the end, uh, you know, if it's matching your learning style. And if you're not really vibing with it for whatever reason, uh, pick that same technology stack and choose another tutorial. Um, a lot of times picking something on either Udemy or Skillshare or something that is paid will have a higher success rate than something like YouTube just because you have a financial incentive to see it through. But that's not to say that you really need to pay for a tutorial by any means. Uh, that's just, uh, you, you need to be cognizant that you need to set some dedicated time aside each day to learn. And maybe this means that you'll need to give up on watching Netflix before bed and instead focus on studying. Or maybe you need to do what I do and wake up really early so that you can do your learning before work. You know, whatever it is, uh, choose what works for you and stick with it for at least a month. And then uh, I would say secondly, repetition is really more important than anything. Uh, you might not remember the syntax for something the first time, but after a uh, hundred times of writing the same code, you'll literally be writing that code in your sleep. Uh, and then repeat that for each topic that you learn, and you'll really start to think like a programmer. Uh, not think like someone who just knows Python or knows C++ or whatever, you, whatever language you chose. I would say thirdly, you know, don't go too fast. You know, slow down, make sure that you have a firm understanding of not only what a piece of code is doing, but why it's behaving in a certain way. You know, what's going on, uh, going on under the hood that's causing, uh, let's say, uh, this segmentation fault that I'm running into, for example. You know, it's so easy to just go on Stack Overflow and ask, you know, how do I do this? Uh, and someone with way too much time uh, will respond in like three minutes and, uh, and give you the code that you need uh, to do what you're trying to do. But do you really understand why that code solves the problem that you're having? You know, programming really is cumulative. So everything starts with ones and zeros, and there's kind of increasing layers of complexity with each new feature that you learn. And not knowing the basics uh, will only really hurt your understanding. And then don't choose to learn a specific technology with the intention of becoming a software developer. You know, don't learn 
let's say, .NET, thinking that you want to work at Microsoft or Golang just because uh, it's developed by Google, you know, choosing a specific technology uh, should be because you want to solve a specific problem. Uh, and then once you unlock the full potential of a technology, then you can start to adapt your skill set to fit a specific profile for wherever you want to work. You know, also, most people don't start at big tech companies like Facebook or Amazon or Apple, uh, Google or Netflix, which are often referred to as FANG. That's kind of like the, the holy grail for uh, technical engineering companies. Just because you see people on LinkedIn getting these awesome job offers right out of school doesn't mean that that's the only path to end up at your dream job. And that brings us to choosing your language. And there are literally hundreds of programming languages out there. So it would be really unfair of me to just say, this one is the best, you know, learn it and all your problems will be solved because every language is a tool that is especially good at what it does well and probably lacks in some other ways. Uh, C++, for example, is great for embedded systems because you have a ton of control over how the code interacts with memory. And that's all well and good, but it also adds a significant layer of complexity, which makes it uh, really difficult for beginners to get up and running. You know, Python, uh, on the other hand, is relatively easy to pick up because it's almost an abstraction of C++, which is meant to be as close uh, as possible to human language. So, uh, you know, pseudocode, uh, which is kind of the words that we say when we're walking through an algorithm, uh, is often really close to actual literal Python syntax. You know, that being said, it's relatively slow, uh, which might not be super important for beginners, uh, but more importantly, it can be a major pain to debug due to some relatively uh, proprietary spacing constraints. Um, I won't go into too much detail here, but going from uh, Python to C++ uh, will be way more difficult than going from C++ to Python. Uh, and going from Python to something like JavaScript will be uh, way different than going from something like C++ to JavaScript. So I would really implore you to do some research into what the general sentiment is regarding your interests and what the programming languages are that correspond. You know, if you have an interest in developing video games, spend some time on Reddit or on your favorite forum uh, looking for the language that best fits your use case and then stick with it. Um, if I personally had to pick a language to start over with, I think it would still be C++. You know, I can hear other programmers letting out a massive sigh of frustration already after, uh, after that answer, but the reality is uh, I started off with C++ and it made me a much, much, much better programmer. Uh, it's, it is a much tougher language to start out with, uh, but it made the transition to different tools a piece of cake. You know, nowadays I don't use C++ at all, but I can appreciate what it meant for me and my growth as a developer. You know, try it out. If you find it too difficult or can't see the value, then Python might be the way to go. You know, it's really trendy. People love it. It'll probably be relevant for a really long time, um, and it can be really simple to get going. And that brings us to choosing the tutorial that you want to follow. You know, personally, I'm a huge fan of Code Academy. It, it really kind of is this all-encompassing beast with an integrated development environment, uh, structured lessons and learning paths, and a, a pretty active community around it, especially on Discord. Um, I really would not recommend searching on YouTube and trying to follow along with the series. 
those often won't be kept up to date and they'll focus solely on a specific project. You know, I, I bet just kind of anecdotally, uh, if you were to look up Python tutorials right now on YouTube, you'd probably see a lot of like Python 2.7 tutorials, uh, which would be pretty massively out of date and uh, getting your environment set up to match just wouldn't really make sense. And I also would stay away from uh, a YouTube series which focuses solely on a specific project. There's no way you'll learn an entire language from just following along with one project. You know, feel free to watch these uh, for the for the content and follow the creators. You know, those guys might be creating courses on Udemy or Skillshare or whatever. You know, just keep in mind that when someone is marketing these courses, they have a financial incentive to get you to sign up, but not for you to actually learn the language. Um, in terms of free resources, Free Code Camp is a great free resource online, uh, as well as W3School. And honestly, you can follow along with a lot of the official, official documentation for a language if you're looking for a specific topic or you feel that you have a gap somewhere. The important thing, though, like I said before, is that if you're, uh, you know, you're you're following a tutorial, that you're getting a full understanding of the fundamentals. If there's ever a time where you're following along and you say, you know, I don't know what this code does, but they're using it, they're using it in this tutorial, you know, then you almost certainly don't have a solid enough understanding of that specific topic, and it might be a an opportunity to go back and and revisit that. You know, the other most important thing is to see the program through until the end. You know, you're going to get so much more out of it if you do. I, I almost guarantee that. And finally, just code. You know, write code every day and try to solve some problems in your own life or just try to have fun with it. You know, make an app that calculates your budget or connects to an API that helps you find the fastest way to work or uh, something. write something that applies to your favorite hobbies or interests in some ways. You know, I really think that the learning process for learning a programming language is supposed to be fun. Anyways, that's all I really wanted to talk about in this episode. I appreciate you tuning in to the second episode of the Automate Everything podcast. I hope you enjoyed, and I really hope that you took something away from this conversation. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, at Jordan Bottrells, two T's and two L's, and be sure to rate and follow the podcast on Spotify. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you in the next one.